Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, I would feel remiss if I didn't tell you how grateful I am, humbled by it, and I will try and use your time wisely. Lord, thank you for the time to sit here and record this podcast, and for the people that listen, and the people that share it, be with them. God them and God my words. So I don't have a whole lot. No kitty cats, no puppy dogs, no birds, no children's, just the background noise. Uh, there's one of the roosters. Fall does seem to be sticking around this time, maybe. It comes and goes. We're still getting into higher temperatures later in the day, so at any rate. I think that's about it. Last week, we... did a podcast on men and women, God's roles for us, marriage. And we only got through about half of the material. So we're going to, we're going to do some more of that today because you see it so apparently folks. And if you don't believe me, go find some wherever, whatever community you're in, because We've got people from New York to California to overseas to Thailand, Vietnam, I think I saw recently. I don't know what the schools are like there so much, but in the United States, certainly in any state in the country, if you can go find a teacher or a counselor or administrator that's really honest, that you trust, ask them what the number one problem in public education is. And if, if they are really honest, They're going to tell you quickly and without reservation. It's not textbooks. It's not facilities. It's not money. It's not lack of quality teachers and 
counselors and administrators, although we certainly are starting to see some of those problems, but all of it goes back to, they may not tell you rejection of God because, you know, apparently we don't, we're not even allowed to talk about that today, but they're going to tell you broken families and home life of the kids. And if you still don't trust them, all you'd have to do is go walk in any school, elementary, junior high, middle school, high school, doesn't matter. Spend a couple of weeks there. Get to know the kids. Listen to them. Watch them. It wouldn't take you long to figure out that the major problem we have, which is the major problem in the country, are broken and dysfunctional families. And I, I add the dysfunctional part, folks, because sometimes you have a, a marriage, a family that looks really whole from the outside. And yet the kids are drowning because there's any number of these things. Maybe it's not all of them. Maybe it is all of them. Pressure to perform academically, athletically. Involvement, over-involvement in sports and extracurricular activities, one after the other after the other. Longer and longer hours away from mom and dad and family. And so, so all of this goes back into rejection of God and rejection of roles for men and women, uh, talking about sex, talking about marriage, all of it. So we're going to get back in and read a few more of these verses. And I'm going to try and figure out where I left off. I think it was, well, this is, I think I read this last week. <clears throat> this is from First Peter chapter 3, but it certainly won't hurt us to read it again. Godly living. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. I think that's chaste. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Obviously one of the animals showed up. With the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. 
You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. We did talk about this, I remember last week. A couple things. It goes back to the Old Testament, which our founders also used frequently. We talked about Jefferson and Franklin and Adams going back to Moses leading the Israelites out of exile from Egypt. And so if our founders used it, talked about it, leaned on it to create this country that we're so lucky to live in, maybe, just maybe, we ought to listen to them too. And when we reject these roles that God, God has given us, the last line there for husbands in particular, so that your prayers will not be hindered, we can't expect that our prayers will be heard and answered, that our lives will just go on the same as it has been when we reject the roles that God has given us. It just doesn't work that way. First Corinthians chapter 7. Each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband because of sexual immorality. The husband should meet his wife's sexual needs and the wife should do the same for her husband. The wife doesn't have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Don't refuse to meet each other's needs unless you both agree to a short period of time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come back together again, so that Satan might not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. <laughs> that certainly wouldn't go over very well today, would it? Telling a husband they don't have control of their own body, especially telling a wife they don't have control of their own body. And that the only reason to not meet each other's needs sexually is if you agree to a short period of time to devote yourselves to prayer. I wonder how many of us do that just in general anyway, devote ourselves to prayer. We certainly don't restrain from sex or only restrain from sex in marriage. Now we do a real good job of not restraining from sex outside of marriage. We're real good at that but not so good inside marriage. Most of y'all that are married, myself included, I would assume are probably just a little bit uncomfortable by these words. Uh, we certainly can look at our own relationships and see that we're not following again God's commands for marriage and sex. And of course, none of this even remotely talks about LGBTQ relationships because those aren't relationships that God approves of. And he makes that clear. Just like heterosexual sex outside of marriage 
There's nothing in there that God approves of. Does that mean that there's not forgiveness? Absolutely. We're human. We fail. The only one that hasn't is Jesus Christ. Does that mean that we can't turn our actions around? Yeah, absolutely. We can. And, and does that mean that there's not eternal forgiveness? No, of course there is. Through Jesus Christ. Because he died for us so that we didn't have to and paid that price. But what we often confuse that with today is earthly consequences. And there are consequences for our earthly actions, folks. And one of the, the general, we could sit here and talk for a long, long time, hours and hours and hours, days, weeks. But in general, the consequences of rejecting God's commands for men and women, for marriage, for sex, well, we see that in the country because families are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart. Again, I think we talked about this last week. The divorce rate for first-time marriages is 50%. That means one out of every two marriages, first marriages, fail. That's an insane number. Does that mean that there aren't times where divorce is necessary? No, that's not what I'm saying. Does that mean that there's not forgiveness for that, redemption from that? No, that's not what I'm saying either. But the fact that we have just kind of gone along, especially with this idea of no-fault divorce, where, you know what, we just we don't really get along anymore. So we're just, you know, we're still real good friends. It, maybe. But we just, it's just not working out. <laughs> My gosh the our lack of responsibility and accountability today is overwhelming we like to talk about kids right we want to point oh these these kids today these kids oh, horrible where do you think they learn that from where do you think their attitudes come from their lack of respect if that's the path you want to take you want to put all this weight on these kids we better take a huge chunk of that weight and put it right back, the majority of it, and put it back on our shoulders. And, and we're not going to get into that today, but that's a whole other thing, talking about the responsibilities that God gives us with children. Ecclesiastes 4. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. I always like that last one, a cord of three strands, husband, wife, and God. Not in that order, God, husband, wife. If you have God there, folks, it changes everything. And if you don't, it changes everything. Colossians 3. Family relations, wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. I wonder how often men 
that we do that, that we're not embittered against our wives. And I wonder how often wives that we're actually subject to our husbands. And then most of all, going back to men again, fathers, I wonder how often we lay a burden on our children and then don't help them to carry it. And then we wonder why they're so frustrated and anxious and upset and angry. Titus 2. But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Mm, there's a lot there that we don't like too much today. Temperate, be sensible. Workers at home for women, that one's definitely not going to go over well. Subject to husbands. Not gossips. I would apply that to both men and women, I guess, if it were up to me. Men, pure, purity. Whew. Pornography would have to throw that out the window. Sound and speech. Meaning we're not vulgar in the way we talk, men. I definitely failed at that in the Marine Corps. Still fail at it sometimes. Not as much, thankfully. An example of good deeds. How often do we realize how many people are watching us? Other adults, children, our spouses. Folks, if we really want, there is a quote... I ran across, I've run across it before. I may have talked about it last week from President Garfield talking about how Congress is just merely a representation, a reflection of us, the people, right? Which is true. We like to blame others, but uh, we've put ourselves in this mess. And you, you can say I didn't vote for that person all you want, but the mess that we're in today isn't just one election cycle. Just like the mess in our families and our marriages isn't just one generation or one set of you know, one decade. We've been doing this for decades and decades and decades, rejecting God, rejecting his blatant commands, his simple commands. You can read through this. Go back to these verses again and again. It's not, it's not hard. It's not difficult, but we want to be entertained. We want to spend our times running up and down the road, earning extra money, working extra hours, being on our phones, watching TV, playing golf, going fishing on our own, hunting, shopping, doing what we want to do being glued to a screen when our kids are sitting right there next to us begging for attention, being glued to a screen 
when we've got this spouse, this person that we're supposed to become one flesh with, that's supposed to be the most important person in the entire world. And we think it's more important to watch TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram Reels or Facebook than it is this live breathing person that we're supposed to be one with. Not to even mention our relationship with the God of the universe that made the entire universe and wants a special relationship with each of us individually, one-on-one. We don't have time for that. Because we need to go work out for an hour and a half. We need to go watch that three-hour football game or go drive our kids four and a half hours to play in a tournament that will have little to no relevance on the rest of their life. And then we wonder why our country's falling apart. Folks, we can turn this around. All we got to do is go back to God as a country, publicly and privately in our lives individually. Listen to his word and make a choice. It really is that simple. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.